by baseline times media what's going on everyone welcome back to the shooter pass podcast it is i one of the, your co-hosts shaval Kanhai, and i'm joined by one of the greatest co-hosts in the world mr demario jackson yo 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 what's up everybody long time long time no no talk no see and I'm hype. NBA talk. I'm ready. It, it's been quite some time, man. We've been trying to catch up, watch the, watch a little bit of hoops here, here and there. Uh, man, Demario, we saw Kobe retire his jersey. Um, finally, not just one, but two jerseys. And uh, I, I'm kind of, I'm feeling kind of old these days, man. Kobe retired the jersey. Uh, I mean, who's next? You know, you got Duncan that already Duncan. did, and now you know yeah. KG is gonna come up there one of these days, and you're gonna be like, damn, man, yeah. time has flew by. I mean, pretty soon, freaking, as we discuss on Twitter, man, Bron's gonna be hanging his up there. <laughs> you know what's crazy is that I always say '96 was the year that I became a sports fan. Like, I feel like '96 is the year where I was. You know, 10 years old, I kind of, so I always cite 96 as being like my year with sports across the board. Right. And it's crazy because I can honestly say that I watched every single moment of Kobe Bean Bryant's career. Like every single, like I remember <clears throat> like those air balls against Utah. I remember like, I remember a lot of that late 90s, right before the championship run when Laker fans themselves were like, Kobe's overrated. Kobe's not going to be this. And the dude is still like, you know, 19 years old, you know? And then like, you look at how everything has come full circle now. And the other night was just, I mean, it was beautiful. I mean, to see Shaq there, to see Bill Russell, Kareem, uh, it was a beautiful thing. And we all know, you know, I've had my, you know, my beefs and my battles with Kobe over the years, but like the way he ended his career was extremely classy. And like, you know, I mean, we all have, or we all should channel that Mamba mentality uh, you know, a few times throughout the day. And I mean, it was beautiful. I mean, I cried, you know, I shed some, some tears, shout out to base God, just for the fact that, uh, you know I mean? We're watching, you know, our childhood is like, you know, it's not, I mean, I'm 31. So <laughs> it's, it's no more. This is, this is no more. We owe, we owe. It's crazy, man. And just, I mean, just how you said, how you end his career and even to the, like the speech, man, you know, he, he mentioned, Hey, you know, it's all about, uh, the, the journey, not the destination, man. Like, like, damn, Kobe, you got you got me really motivated to wake up this morning and work hard. I want to get up 5 a.m. and work, go to the gym and, and before work. You know, it's like, damn, Kobe. So, yeah, man, you know what's I, funny? I enjoyed you know what's that funny? You know what's funny? Kobe, him saying that actually made me really text you and be like, yo, Chev, let's get back on the podcast. Let's let's talk. Because, you know, I feel like as humans, uh, you know, you know kind of, you know, to dive a little deep is that we all want, you know, I want to meet the woman of my dreams on Monday, get married on Tuesday, have a baby on Wednesday, retire right. on Thursday. Right. It's like nobody really wants to experience those Utah air balls. You know, in order for Kobe to be Kobe, he needed that adversity. He needed to sit on the bench yeah. behind Eddie Jones. He needed <laughs> to get bitched out at that all-star game when he was trying to disrespect Jordan. He needed, you know, those 
you know, I mean, he needed like that Shaq rivalry because I feel like that without that Shaq beef, I don't really think that the Mamba really matured into the Mamba and he wouldn't have been as as eager to get rings number four and five. If Shaq would have just left on some, oh, I'm just leaving, whatever, but Shaq leaving, winning a title with Miami, throwing it in Kobe's face, made Kobe, gave him that will to be like, no, fuck that. I want to get a title four and five, you know? So, yeah. I mean, it I mean, it was a beautiful thing the other night. It was really good, you know, to see him with his girls and his family. And, I mean, I was really excited because my favorite all-time player, Allen Iverson, was there. And yep, I really got AI. choked up just seeing my boy Bubba Chuck there and, like, representing. I mean, it was just great. You know, like, the whole city was on fire, like, that entire day. Everybody was just extremely hyped. So, you know, from Demo, you know, shout out to my boy Kobe. I mean, there'll, there'll never be another Kobe. Like, no, never. one-of-a-kind like, player never, right there. He's a one-of-a-kind, just like Mike's one-of-a-kind, just like Bron's one-of-a-kind. I feel like as fans, we need to stop trying to compare these players and just enjoy. Just, just ha- enjoy. Don't hate, appreciate. Exactly. Yeah, you know, I mean, I see so many like, oh, Chris Paul reminds me of, James Harden reminds me of. It's like, yeah, I mean, it's cool, but it's like just enjoy what Chris Paul's doing. Just enjoy what James Harden's doing. Enjoy what, you know, Porzingis is doing. Like, you know, it's cool to be able to compare, but then we get into these nit with fights and well kobe did this and kobe just like look kobe is kobe mike is mike Bron is Bron. let's just leave it like that exactly how do you feel about uh the greatest laker ever kobe Bryant? Oh, hands down hands down i always tell people people forget magic johnson played no defense ever he was a liability on both ends i'm sorry uh, he was a liability against point guards because he was too big and bulky and he was too soft against big men. Whenever people see, we need to have a podcast. We need to really break down. Like Magic Johnson is hands down, in my opinion, the greatest point guard. But whenever people start putting Magic over like Kobe and over Mike, I'm like, yo, Magic never sniffed an all defensive team. At six foot eight, you would think that he was a shoe in every single year. Magic never right. sniffed an all defensive <laughs> team. Kobe Bryant is hands down like six thirty the greatest Laker ever. This is not I agree. up for argument. This is in the fucking Bible, yo. Like, this is 20 years of pure dominance. Kobe Bryant is the West Coast Derek Jeter. He's a fucking saint in Los Angeles. There is nobody <laughs> who will ever be able to touch Kobe Bean Bryant in this city. Ever, 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 ever. Like, people, please stop it. He's the greatest Laker ever. Don't, don't put... Shaq. Shaq was here for what? Like eight, nine. It doesn't matter. Kareem came here at the end of his career. It doesn't matter. Magic, blah, blah, blah. It doesn't know. Kobe being Brian, greatest Laker ever, hands down. I, I absolutely agree with that. And all, you know, when it comes down to the conversation too, we had um even you know, that night texting, you're like, man, Kobe Bryant, greatest Laker. But you know, at the same time, we talked about um, <clears throat> you know, getting into a little bit of uh, his competition, you know, back in, in the day there. And, you know, one of the things that <laughs> I kind of said to you there was, um, you know, chilling with him for a day, man, was like, I, I would I would absolutely love to chill with Kobe for a day just to tap him into his mind. Like, out of everybody in the world, I mean, there's so many people in the world. I mean, you, you have, like, you have your Bill Russells, right, your old school guys. But then it's like, man, athlete-wise, I think Kobe Bryant might be the guy that I would go for. And, I mean, I, I think out of all the sports, I mean, unless, you know, you have somebody else tomorrow, but I think Kobe's the guy. That's Mamba mentality, man. Let me tap into that, and let me sit down with to you me, for a day. To be 100%, we all know I'm a big Braun fan, but I want to talk to Kobe. Kobe, I, like, what's funny, I have more of Kobe mentality than LeBron, like, just in general. And, right, like, right. Braun's like, uh, you know, but I'm just saying, like, 
I'm, you know, I'm like a ruthless individual. Like I'm out for blood, you know? And that's why for years <laughs> people were always like, Oh, you know, you, I don't know. I never, I never really hated on Kobe. I just called out the obvious. I called out that he took 30 shots to get 30 points. Like LeBron takes 12 shots to get 30 points. Like, you know, that, that's where I like, that's where I defer. Like with the Kobe whole LeBron thing and stuff like that, I'm always like, LeBron's just way more efficient. Like LeBron's the most efficient player ever. Like that's a fact. But as far as hanging out, I just want to hang out with Kobe. Like, I feel like Kobe and I would be two of the biggest assholes, like, to ever hang out in the history of life. Like, I just <laughs> would love it. I just would love the, the very asshole, douchebaggery conversations that we would have. And I think it just would be great. I, I personally would love to, to, like, play with him and get out on the court. Because I trash talk myself. I mean, right. I know Kobe would d- destroy me. But I'm just saying, I just would love to see, like, the Mamba, like, face-to-face one-on-one that would be like that would be great because i watched like the uh, have you saw the video that's been surfacing of him at practice yeah but he's like light and i i love that personally like i i i i love trash talk i'm gary payton kg jordan uh malone robman kobe like that's who i am like i'm not like the tim duncan lebron silent type even though that silent assassin shit that's that's incredible i don't know how they do it they're one of a kind with those, but I'm personally, I'm in your fucking face. I'm, that's just how I am. You know, after spending about a good eight minutes here talking about Kobe Bryant in the opening of this podcast, I think tomorrow morning, I'm going to go to bed early tonight. Uh, tomorrow, I'm going to wake up at 5 a.m. and I'm going to go shoot some hoops. Do I, it. I'm do pretty it, motivated. Like, <laughs> seriously. I, it's, I, I just don't understand. I mean, the Mamba mentality, man. Shout out to the Kobe, Kobe Olympic story. The Kobe Olympic stories. The Kobe Olympic stories is what's like great when LeBron when he does incredible. Like I always, I always say that 08 Olympics. Like LeBron, it, it's a fact. LeBron Yo, took I get over chills, as a like just watching, thinking about those in games. the world. Like, wow. The 08-09 season is when LeBron became like yeah. LeBron. He always cites Kobe as helping him how to get over that hump because you can only work out on your own and with your trainers before you have to go to like a sensei type you know you have to go to like a og a mentor and it's no coincidence that the year that kobe worked out with all those guys in the olympics the next year Dwayne wade darren williams chris paul everybody had like career highs across the board lebron is baking backboards like everybody was wilding out and living their best life because they were trained from the OG. Like this guy, like I always say, like worth ethic. There's there's three players that come to mind whenever I think about worth ethic, and it's Jerry Rice, Michael Jordan, and Kobe Bryant. Those are three players. The minute you say worth ethic, I just it's etched into my mind. Like Jerry Rice, right. him running those hills, and just you know, and those are the players that I always you know look at. And you look at this new generation, and you look at you know who's you know like the leaders, and you even look at like a James Harden, like his work ethic is something that like we need to address. Like, oh my God, James Harden <laughs> is—he's so good. It's scary. I watched. I mean, I have him on fantasy, so I'm a little biased, but wow, he is great. Like, it's crazy. Yeah, it's we, crazy. We, we've had this conversation before of how you know the transition of uh, the generations of players, and it's so different today. Like. You know, beyond LeBron, it's like, well, what do we kind of have going on here after this? Uh, you know, worth ethic wise, you know, who's and, and I hate, hate to say it, but it's like, you know, who's that next guy? Not the next Kobe. We're not trying to say, hey, everybody's got to be Kobe, but you know, like the work worth ethic. You know, it comes down to a lot of these guys, and we just don't know. But somebody's going to emerge, you know, nonetheless, and that's just how you know history repeats itself. 
Yeah, 100%. All right. Uh, you know, Laker fans, if you're listening, you probably love the first 10 minutes of the show here. But uh, <laughs> we're going to go ahead and actually get more into more a little bit. Maybe we call it a little bit of Laker talk as well. Uh, Mr. LeVar Ball has announced that uh, he wants to start a league for high school graduates and try to pay them about $10,000 a month um, instead of having them go to college and be one and done. Uh, give them an opportunity to shine in front of pro scouts and at least 80 players to fill 10 teams. Uh, he'll try to fill um, NBA arenas in major cities across the nation here. And um, we talked a little bit about this before the show, Demario, and I, I, you know, I didn't really get my two cents, but I know you said you like it. And I'm going to agree with you again here. I think I, I think it's a cool idea, especially with the whole, you know, midst of the whole um, Louisville scandal there with uh, Rick Pitino. I think that here's the thing. Here's the here's the thing. It's a good idea. I'm so colleges, old white men, these institutions have been profiting off the bodies of young men and women to make money, millions and millions of dollars for years. Like I'm a big USC fan. Reggie Bush is banned from USC, but USC still uses Reggie Bush, his name, his face, to sell tickets and to get recruits, right? Labar is actively trying to dismantle this system, you know? Like, actively. Like, he is going at the NCAA right now. And what's crazy is that I think he's going to do it. Like with all of the stuff that's coming out about Rick Pitino and Coach Calipari for years, and these are things that we have all known. And I know people are like, oh, but you get a free education and you get this, but you don't understand. These institutions are making billions They take advantage of the name, of absolutely. And they take advantage. They're taking billions. You know, like Sonny Vaccaro, like, you know, the Fab Five, like, you know, all of these things like you know while these kids are in school we all know this right but then what happens 20 years down the line now Chris Weber can't go back to Michigan after they profited off of him for decades the fab five all this kind of stuff so right now if I'm a prospect I'm looking at wow I can go play in front of scouts I can help my family at the same time I can make a little bit of money like I always tell people people that always said that that they don't like, uh, like, you know, what LeVar is doing. What LeVar is doing is no different than what UCLA or, U- or Nike or any of these people are doing. But the thing is, he's a black man and he's doing it. Like, put it this way. P. Diddy is worth $820 million. And there's a video going around of some hosts. And they're disrespecting Diddy. They're treating him like he's some regular-ass house nigga that has $2 in his pocket. Jay-Z said it best in the story of OJ. Still nigga. Period. Like white people, and not all white people, but most white people, they still look at like Lavar. Like what? Like what is Lavar doing that's different than UCLA? Except all he's doing is he's putting money inside of his pocket and his family's pocket. But it's a but, but it's a bad thing. But then when UCLA does it, or when Nike does it, or Adidas does it, we shut up and we you know saying we dance and we chuck and we jive for it. So I'm you know I'm all for it. I'm pulling for LeVar. I feel like sometimes he has those Kanye West-ish moments. Right. I agree with that. And it's really easy to hate him. Like It's really, really easy to hate him. But I honestly think that 20, 30 years from now, 
when we're having this conversation, we'll be talking about LeVar as a fucking genius. Like, I honestly think that. And I, I mean, just looking at his idea, it's this is something that's hard for me to really say, you know what? This is a silly idea, Lavar. This is this is beautiful, and especially looking at um, trying to generate revenue. You want to go go ahead and sell tickets. Um, you want to build a brand. You want to go forward and try to help you know players fresh out of high school get noticed by pro scouts. I mean, it's it's a positive. It's a business idea. One, it's a business he's trying to run. Two, he's given um, other folks, uh, other players, other you know young guys a chance. Um, you know, in the midst of all that, uh, at least, you know, what would be nice is uh, a mentorship program. So, you know, in the middle of, <clears throat> you know, these guys getting paid and, and, you know, in front of crowds in big cities, it's still, you know, ha- let's have a mentorship program. I'm sure that's probably on the, on the back burner. But if all that comes together, man, I mean, wow. And he's, well, here's I, the I don't know, get a couple of investors together, man. I mean, if I, if I, if I can invest, LeVar, you have me. If you're listening, you have me, sir. Here's another thing is that. Nine times out of 10, these, these students, when they go to college, they don't even go to class. These kids graduate. I remember, I think it was DeMarcus Cousins. Uh, they try to say that he had like a 4.0 at Kentucky. And I remember one of his first interviews, he didn't know how to say his fucking name. Like these kids don't go to class. <laughs> exactly. These kids can't exactly. balance checkbooks. These kids don't know anything about taxes. These Nine times out of 10, these players are 10 years down the line and they're like Darius Miles. They're dead broke living on their mother's couch because <laughs> they fucked up all their money. They're buying FUBU and gold chains and fucking teeth and they're buying all these fucking Escalades and they don't have anything to show for, right? So what LeVar is trying to set up, he's trying to set up a system to teach these young men and these young women right. and you know whoever wants to join, they're trying to teach them because that's the thing is like, I mean, what I've noticed is a lot of these institutions, what they want to do is they want to keep you in this box. Like me, for an example, uh, you know, when I had played, when I had my brief stint with college ball, I never forget one of my first day going into class, uh, the teacher's assistant looked at me and was like, oh, why are you here? And I was like, oh, I'm here for class. And she's like, oh, yeah, but athletes don't usually come to class. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> like and she's like, oh, yeah, like we send over your package to the homeroom and, you know, your TA will take care of it. And I'm looking at her like, damn, that's crazy as hell to – to like, I'm looking at her like, but I want to learn. Like, you know, it was a very, but then you realize that that's just the way shit goes. So yeah. shout out to LeVar. You know, I'm 100% pulling for him. Uh, you know, I would love to be able to be like a mentor, be able to speak or something and, you know, some of his yeah. program that he has. I, and you know, I, I mean, I think that, I think that he's on something great. And I think it gives a lot of opportunities for other people out there as well to join in on uh, the investment here. You know, obviously it'll take a little bit of some expensive investments to get in some of these arenas but i mean you're turning it around making a business making a positive business um <clears throat> and you're gonna create a little bit of uh you know uncertainty for some of these schools if, if he really starts to make some noise but you know what the man is, is almost a man of his word um and i say almost because he does have those kanye west moments as you you said there earlier but he pulled out his two sons. They're playing somewhere overseas. And I mean, within a matter of what, a week or two weeks and news of him saying he'll do it, it's done. It's a done deal. I, mean, I think that, I mean, like lastly, I think the last thing I'll say about this is I think that here's the deal. And, you know, I hate bringing up race, but that's the kind of world we live in. If Lavar's white, we're not having this conversation. If Lavar's white, we're talking about Lavar as if he's some next, put it this way, Eminem put out that whack-ass, unwoke album, right? <laughs> 
terrible fucking album. It, it was very terrible bad for lyrics. M, for an M, M, terrible, yes, M, M. terrible, terrible, just horrible across the board. Eminem said the whole fuck Trump thing. Eminem, okay, Run the Jewels, Chance the Rapper, Jay-Z, J. Cole. There's so many, Kendrick, there's so many rappers who have spoken out, who have been speaking out for years. No one bats an eye. Eminem says it, the whole fucking world goes crazy. So what I'm saying is, if LeVar was white, we would be talking about how LeVar is some visionary, how he's the next level, how he's the greatest thing since sliced bread. But instead, he's black, so we have questions. And now we're like, huh, I don't know. So I'm pulling for LeVar 100%. I hope that he can get the right investors. Hell, Diddy, Colin Kaepernick, Jay-Z. And I hope that this is something that's big and it's going to force the NCAA to start acting right. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, we're going into some actual NBA talk here uh, as we are an NBA podcast. And uh, DeMario, um, getting into some of the, uh, you know, we're about a quarter, a little over a quarter away of the NBA season here. And um, early season surprises, man. Uh, anything su- that has surprised you so far in this NBA season? Or maybe, you know, you kind of misjudged a little bit here. Uh, you know, I, for one, certainly... We all can call out uh, a little bit of uh, the OKC situation, which we'll kind of get into here. Um, any any positive surprises though for you, man? You know what, poor Zingas. Uh, I thought he was gonna be trash. I'll one hundred percent like say, uh, like I did not think he was gonna be good in the NBA. I saw his. Here's the thing: these workout tapes are so overrated. I can. I still have like a 40 inch vertical at 31 right now and a, and a fucked up shoulder, fucked up ankles, messed up. I still have 40. Like, so I can put out a workout tape and you'll be like, damn, DeMario's going to go top 10 next year. Right. So what I've seen recently is that these workout tapes are so fire, but then these players, like it's not, something's not adding up. You know, you're like, damn, Chevy, and you know, it's like girls on Instagram with that, with those fire ass filters and that big old <laughs> booty and the big ass oh, cities. Yeah. They, you know, and then you see him in person and you're like, she don't look like that. Like, uh, like, hold up. She like, hold up. She's she's trash. That's not what she looks like. I'll honestly say that poor Zingas and just the Knicks in general. I knew the Knicks were going to be better without Melo because Melo's the black hole of the NBA. Melo's not a leader. Melo's just a trash of an excuse of a leader. He hasn't been a leader since Syracuse, which is crazy, but whatever. Like, we'll get into that later. But Porzingis, the way he's balled all year has just been crazy. I did not see him being this dominant on both ends of the floor. Like, I saw a few plays this year to where he's hitting the fadeaway three on one side, getting the block on the other side, leading the fast break. Um, And also another surprise is Donovan Mitchell. Like, whoa. Wow. Like, that kid can ball. And he can score. Like, that dude is a baller. I mean, woo! I watch Utah Jazz games just to watch Donovan Mitchell. Like, he got hurt, I believe it was uh, two nights ago. Hopefully he's healthy. But that dude is instant offense. He comes in and he can ball. Like, that dude is a straight baller. And he's one of my, like, favorite rookies in this class. Uh, he's, like, just... I mean, he's one of those guys, he goes at your throat. Like, the other night, he was going at James Harden before he got hurt. And, yeah, uh, those are, like, two of my big surprises. 
I only have one, and um, I'm not really salty about it, but, uh, you know, uh, probably the most improved player this year, Victor Oladipo. Um, Woo! Yeah. Man. I, and I shouldn't be really uh, 100% surprised. It's just, you know, um, him being traded there, you know he was going to get a better opportunity with Paul George in OKC, but, I mean, just, you know, career highs, man, across the board. I mean, his shooting is just so you know, improved. I mean, <clears throat> looking at, you know, his three-point shooting, man, the guy sh- sh- is shooting 42% from three so far, and he's been like a career 35% three-point shooter. Um, 48% from the field this year. Um, I mean, that pull-up three, dude. How many of them have we seen? A couple dunks this season. Um, Shout out to Victor Oladipo, man. And, you know, I, I get a lot of flack, man, because, hey, you're upset that the, you know, the, first of all, the Magic trade away all these great players. Are you upset that Victor Oladipo, you know, at the time given, you know, it, just things weren't panning out. And he was just actually on a podcast with Waj, I believe, a couple of days ago. It was released. He spoke about the uh, culture here in Orlando and things like that. Um, but, again, I'm, I'm happy for the guy, to be honest with you, man. Um, shout out to Vic, man. Definitely one of my early season surprises there. And, um I'm glad he's getting a chance to flourish, and 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 looking yeah, at Indiana, man. Paul. I mean, you know, they they had Paul George. I mean, didn't necessarily do them 100 percent wrong. He was honest and said, "Hey, look, you know, I, I'm going to be out next year probably. I'm, I'm going to test free agency. I'm, I'm going to be out and to get Old Depot." And then the guy went to Indiana, man. That's, that's a perfect situation there for them. So shout out to Victor, man. Here's the deal, and this is like this might this might be like a a little blasphemous statement, but if I'm doing and all like NBA team, and if I'm forced to put like an actual shooting guard and not just a guard, I think Oladipo would be probably on my first team. Like he's been that good this year. Like I mean, he leads the league right now in efficiency for shooting guards. Yeah. And no disrespect yeah. to my boy Russell Westbrook, I love Russell to death, but Russell reminds me of my boy AI. He just makes nobody better. Like, I mean, it sucks to say this. But it's no coincidence that, like, every single player who leaves OKC has, like, career years the following year. Like, no lie, last year I was so upset with Oladipo because I had such high hopes for him. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And then and I was like, man, he's going to kill in this system. And then this year, the more and more I watch OKC, I realized that Russell Westbrook, he passes – and what he does is, is he puts his players in uncomfortable positions. It's like a quarterback who just leaves his wide receiver out there and the motherfucker gets hit over the middle. That's what Russell Westbrook does. And I've, I've noticed it this year with watching a few of the OKC games, and we'll touch on that a little later. But, yeah, shout out to Depot, man. He has been balling hard. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, you know what? I have to definitely say I'm, I'm a little bit impressed with the way Boston's handled, um, you know, being down Gordon Hayward and Kyrie, man. A lot of the things, you know, the scrutiny and the whole criticism was, you know, why leave uh, Cleveland? But, man, <laughs> Kyrie's been balling out, man. Uh, I'm, I'm proud of Kyrie. Uh, he's doing his thing there. Definitely a little bit still, a little bit um, <clears throat> on the defensive end where he, he lacks a little bit. But, I mean, the guy's the man. He's the man down in Boston and – uh. 26 and 7 currently here in Boston is at the top of the East with the Cleveland Cavaliers right behind them. That one two punch there in the East. Uh um, man. Beyond that, man, Kyrie. I, I, Kyrie. I don't know what to say about Kyrie. Kyrie. Ky- man, he here's the deal. 
there's so much talk on Twitter. As you guys all know, I, you know, I joined the Twitter, like, I'm sorry, uh, the Twitter family uh, in like May or June. <laughs> and like, I'm like obsessed. And by the way, shout out to Hoops Reference and also Hoops Central. Those are two of my homies who I always, uh, you know, interact and I always troll with and talk shit with. But man, Kyrie this season, uh, the getting kind of like some Celtics Kyrie talk. I mean, he's right now, he's, you know, second in points uh, as far as like, you know, career averages, second in field goal percentage, third in three-point percentage. Uh, you know, he's just having like all these career years. Boston's defense is second in, uh, you know, points, second in field goal percentage, third in three-point. Uh, and I'm sorry, uh, Kyrie actually having a career high uh, in field goals. Uh, you know, three-point percentage. And I think a lot of that just has to do with just great coaching and just Stevens believing in these youngsters and letting these youngsters play ball. Like, they are so young and fast and fun. And when they mess up, they don't look to the sidelines at Coach Stevens. They just keep playing. Like, nothing's worse. And we all played ball before. You know, like, when you have that shitty-ass coach that overweight slob motherfucker who hasn't done anything athletic in 70 fucking years, who was like all state in like 54. And like you mess up one time, right? You mess up one time and he takes you out. Brad Stevens isn't that guy. Brad Stevens lets these players play through all the BS. And I love it. Like I actually love watching the cell. Whenever the Celtics are on TV, I stop whatever I'm doing. And I love watching this young team Absolutely. like Jalen Brown, Tatum, Aaron Baines is killing. Like Smart can't score or shoot for anything. He's had a nice hot streak these last couple of games. Uh, you know, Rozier. Like they have a very, very good team. One thing that I would love, love, love to see, but at the same time, I wouldn't because he's injury prone. Is I would love to see them add like an Anthony Davis to that dynamic. Like I would love to. I hope the Portland. I mean, I'm sorry. Um, I hope uh, uh, the New Orleans Pelicans, whatever the hell they're called. I hope they blow up that team. That team just, you know, it's not just going to work, and everybody else is going to walk eventually, and they'll just get LeBron. But I would love to see Anthony Davis in that little like dynamic right there, because him and uh, you know Demarcus. I mean, it's dominant. They're super, super dominant. Like, I mean, both are just killing it. Both are averaging, you know, just. I mean, I think they're both averaging 25 plus 10 plus rebounds like they're killing it, but that's all they have. But, yeah, I would love to see Boston, uh, you know, try to make a run at AD. And then what's crazy is that you have a possibility of Haywood coming back for the playoffs, which is nuts. I wrote I wrote off Boston. I mean, I didn't. OK, I won't say I wrote them off. I didn't think they were going to be 26 and seven right now. Like, but right. Kyrie showed right. leadership. Kyrie has showed everything that people said he couldn't do. And I love that. And I'm really, really pulling for Kyrie. And that's in my opinion. He's yeah. In my opinion, he's the third best point guard in the league, but behind the heart and Chris Paul crazy ass duo right there. I think, you know, you got, he really did kind of come in and said, Hey, you know what? I'm going to be the guy here. And this year he's showing it. I mean, you know, watching the game against uh, the Spurs, maybe I think about the beginning of the month here. And um, you know, he's, just pulling up, man. And then he has a shot that almost rims out in the corner. I mean, pump fakes and the lets the defender go by, almost misses the shot. But I mean, you're like, dang, man, he's the man. And you, you know what's uh, so funny, man? It's just uh, he he did speak a little bit about having a little bit of that menta- Kobe mentality, man. And 
I think I see a little flash of that sometimes out of Kyrie, especially when the game's on the line. He's like, nah, I, give me the ball. We're, we're going to take this. I'm going to take this over. I'm going to make this happen. Um, so you see a little flash of, you know, Kobe in him a little bit. Not, you know, obviously I'm not calling him Kobe, but I think that's the beauty of like watching some of these guys and kind of saying, okay, who wants to come and stand out and be uh, above and be all, beyond everything? Um, so yeah, kudos to him. I think he's backed up so it's far his, his, his mission and, and his career. I mean, sometimes yeah. you, you get too content and complacent. You're like, you know what? I think I'm better than this. I think that I can lead a team myself. Sometimes you just got to break away from one of the goats or the goat. <laughs> Uh, LeBron James, him. you know, I, <laughs> I I was so hard on Kyrie when he made that when he made that decision. I called him actually Steph Marbury, and I'm a fucking idiot. I'm gonna slap myself for that. I called him Steph Marbury. <laughs> I thought he was gonna go down that Steph Marbury route. Remember when Steph demanded that trade from KG, yes. and KG went yep. on to become a top twenty player of all time, and Steph Marbury was on fucking online eating fucking Vaseline in China. Like you know, it's what I mean. He did has. A, I mean, I mean, he does have those. You know, uh, like those statues in China. So I guess that's a good thing. Nobody in fucking Brooklyn cares about that, but whatever. But yeah, and Kyrie, it ha- you know, has been killing. So shout out to Kyrie, shout out to Boston. I mean, I look forward to watching them every single night that they're playing. They're playing right now, and I'm pumped. I just saw Tatum just got dislocated pinky. Ah, that's my dude, too. Yeah. Shout out to Duke. Duke yeah. squad. Uh, yeah. yeah, shout out to Tatum. All right, Demario, we kind of will switch back a little bit over to the West Side again. Um, I invited you for. A rant. The the one rant I'm gonna let you. No, I wanna have you. I'm usually on every podcast. I let you have a rant if you haven't already at this point. But also yeah. LeBron praise. So stay tuned. You'll have, hear that at the end. But here's here's a rant that I, I want. Le, uh, uh, sorry, Demario <laughs> to come come about here. And this rant's gonna be about Lonzo Ball. I mean, Demario goes ham in our uh, shout out to uh, Unbiased Sports Group. By the way, he goes ham every time Lonzo Ball's playing post game doesn't even let Lonzo Ball take a shower first and DeMario is blowing up his spot um look and before you know I, and I don't feel like you know DeMario you're you're a, a hater or you're just putting the kid down but I mean there's there's a reality and facts right when it comes to, to, to some of these ball players and just watching the game it's like come on man like at some point something has to give and I think it's just giving him time um so what would you like to share about us with, with Lonzo Ball today here's the thing in Lonzo's December games, he's actually played well. He's played, like, solid, decent. You know, he's averaging, you know, 10 points, six rebounds, uh, seven assists, a block, and a steal. His defense has been stellar. Uh, he can't shoot for shit. Like, that's just, that's just, it is what it is. What I've noticed recently is that unlike the November games, he's not forcing particular shots. So he has made that turn. I always say that that New York Knicks game, in my opinion, like a few games ago, is when I felt like he made that turn. When he was in the garden, uh, you know, he showed out. He had a pretty solid game. I think the thing is with Lonzo is that his dad, and it sucks that it's not Lonzo. Lonzo's a great kid. He doesn't say anything. He's super humble, laid back, besides the Nas, you know, disses or whatever, whatever. But, like, super laid back kid, super humble. Uh, he seems like a great kid. But what happens is, is that when LeVar says shit like he's a better shooter than Steph, like Steph fucking Curry, the greatest three-point shooter ever, when he says stuff like that, and then Lonzo is shooting 33% for the season and 27% from three, you're like, well, fuck this Lonzo guy, you know? Uh, is Lonzo that generational rookie? No. 
Not at all. I mean, he's averaging nine point seven assists, you know, seven rebounds. Um, is he that Ben? I mean, is it like that Ben Simmons comparison? No, that's like funny. He's not even the best rookie on his team. That's Kuzma. Uh, yeah, shout out I to Kuz. think that he's yeah, shout out to Kuzma. I think that he's getting better. He's starting to realize uh, how to pick and choose. Like Ben Simmons, for instance. Ben Simmons can't shoot for anything, right? Like Ben cannot shoot at all. But what Ben is great at, Ben is great at playing to his strengths. Like I always say, did, right. did, did you see Shaquille O'Neal? Did you see Shaquille O'Neal shooting three-pointers? No. Why? Because he doesn't shoot fucking threes. So whenever I see these players who shoot 27% from three, shooting threes, I always question, like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, we all know that Ben Simmons can't shoot, but he's shooting 51% from the field. Why? Because he's smart at picking his shots. And we talked about like, this. he doesn't shoot. The fact that he's, yeah. he sits like he around and yeah. he'll, he'll hold back a shot. Like, dude, uh, yo, Ben, you're open, dude. Shoot the ball. And I, I even brought this. I'm like, yo, Ben really <laughs> makes it apparent that I'm not going to shoot the ball. I'm going to find a better shot or for my teammate for a better shot. Yeah, the, my only my only thing against Ben, uh, and I was talking about hoop reference guy about this last night, is that last night when Embiid wasn't playing, Ben took sh- six shots in the whole game. Like that's a no no. You gotta you gotta come on. I'm not saying you gotta right. Russell Westbrook or Allen Iverson like and just shoot shoot shoot. But come on, man. Like when you're number one's out and you're the clear cut number two and you're the rookie of the year favorite. I mean, he had 13. Nine assists, 12 rebounds, three steals. I mean, he had like a great game when you look at it. But then when you realize that, yo, your team lost to the Sacramento Kings, I think he took two shots the entire second half. The entire second half. So I feel like that he needs to come around with that. But if we would have done this sports podcast at the end of November, it would have been a lot harder for Lonzo. (laughs) I feel like he's finally turning the corner. And I just feel like that Laker fans are just so annoying because they hype this kid to be the greatest thing since fucking sliced bread. And he's not, he's not anything near that. And now Laker, I'll get like a text message from like a Laker fan. Hey, Lonzo had like one block tonight, man. You don't talk about his defense. I'm like, yeah, but he <laughs> shot three for 87. Like, what are you talking about? Like, come on now. Like, you know, I mean, for years it was scoring, scoring, scoring with Kobe. And now you guys are trying to like pretend like you like the other. No, like he's shooting 33% for the season. Like that's, you know. Right. And I will, I will say this though about Lonzo and especially in the midst of, you know, his dad going about saying the things that he's saying publicly. And I agree with LeBron's quote, you know, and LeBron said, quote, the kid hasn't said anything. It's been everybody else. So I love his humility. And I, I agree with that. I think he's been he's handled himself properly, and and you know he's had his his brother's situation in China, uh, his dad saying things, and it almost it, the mom's sick. I mean, it's almost like things are just you know outside of you know internally with his world and his family, things weren't really going well. But still, he's able to come out, compose himself, play a ball game. Um, so it may not be you know the greatest of times for Lonzo Ball. Um, but he still kept his composure. I think that's a lot a lot of credit and kudos to him. I think mentally that could be great for him and down the road you know the game will come together um but you're right he's not a generational rookie at all and uh Ben Simmons definitely looking very very much uh like the guy this year for rookie of the year I can agree with that too um Oh yeah Ben's great Ben is Ben is already Ben already looks like a a veteran in a sense like right now he's averaging you know 17 
seven and nine and he has an 18 you know like per right now as a rookie that's fucking outstanding the only thing i need from ben i need him to get a little bit more aggressive because there there's like there's like a few games like it was the minnesota game the other night that was a nationally televised game and he just went mi fucking a like just at one point i didn't even i didn't even think he played on the team and then the very very next night against okc and that crazy thriller in my opinion the best game of the entire season Another game, he just had, he, he, you know, he goes MIA. And then the next game against Chicago, he has like another game to where, and this is why sometimes numbers can be a little flawed because you look at Ben's numbers against like Chicago, it was like 19, 11, and 10. He had a triple-double and four blocks. But then you look at the crunch time numbers and you realize like, damn, this guy didn't shoot not one time in the fourth quarter or like not, you know, so it's like a, it's like, you know, I just need more from him on the offensive end, and they need to get some shooting coaches in there ASAP because he is scared to shoot, scared shitless. But he's a smart offensive player. He just needs to shoot a little bit more. I definitely agree with that there. All right, um, so not too hard, Lonzo, today, Laker fans. You know, we showed some love to you earlier on the um, show here at the top with Kobe. Not too much hate on Lonzo, but, yeah, of course, you know, we're not, we're not saying we hate the guy, but a lot of, a lot of ways to go for there. Um, Demar, did you catch this uh, players only with Matt Johnson and Isaiah Thomas? Dude, by the way, I did not. I'm so sad that I didn't. Uh, I'm I'm definitely gonna watch it. I saw the video that's been you know going around. I didn't even know they had that beef I, like I, at all. I didn't. I didn't know either. Yeah, like I googled it and then I saw that like because I know that Isaiah Thomas and Jordan had beef because I remember when they like I remember when they iced out Jordan in the All Star game, right? And I remember like that beef, and then I remember hearing about the olympic beef how jordan kept i guess isaiah off the all i mean off the olympic team yeah. and, and then last night when i saw them crying i was like wait a minute i'm right i googled <laughs> magic isaiah beef and then that came up and i'm sitting here like wow i didn't know right? that it's, it's yeah but i'm crazy i'm definitely beef. gonna watch i'm definitely gonna watch that yeah i mean i'm really you know excited and it's you know i mean it's good when when people can say hey chef you know what i fucked up 25 years ago i'm sorry like if i hurt you I'm sorry. And it's just very cool because I feel like that that's what the youth needs to see. Like nothing's greater for me than seeing Shaq praise Kobe at Kobe's, you know, Jersey retirement ceremony. Like that was beautiful because they had beef and they had like a lot of beef. And it's like, dude, you're over 40 years old. You're retired. Like, fuck that beef stuff, man. Let's, you know, let's make up. Let's be friends and move forward. They were good friends. That's the even crazier part about it. It's not just, hey, you're their ball players are playing ball and talking beef. It's like, yo, we were good friends. You know, they talked about touring with the Jackson 5, like, you know, doing things like that, Uh, being advocates with Martin Luther King. It was like, yeah, we did this stuff together. And you're like, wow, really? Isaiah and Magic did this together? Of course, you know, it was way before my time, (laughs) but... Um, th- yeah, that beef stuff was incredible. It was nice to see though. Um, I did catch it a little bit after that game and it was fun to watch, um, and, and see a little bit about the history between those two, especially kind of looking at the old clips, um, Isaiah talking about the injuries and, and you know, failing a couple of times to get there and kind of t- takes you back to that, you know, Hey, you got to put in the work. You got to take the journey to get there. Um, yeah, that's why I always tell people like when people, like, I remember like, you know, the conversation, I mean, like you and I have been talking, you know, sports for a decade plus and, I remember back in like 05 when people wanted to write off LeBron. Like 05. People were like, nope, he's a flop. He's a bust. He hasn't won championship yet. And now you move and you're like, damn, he's probably the greatest player to ever fucking play basketball. Like, <laughs> like you know, like incredible. Wow. Or even or even so, like I often say, and no disrespect to like, you know, my Laker fans, but like when you when you look at 
like LeBron and Kobe's stats and numbers and accomplishments side by side, in 20 years, people are going to be like, why the fuck did you compare those two? Right. Like, like straight up, like there's, there's like, there's like no comparison. Like LeBron averages more points, rebounds, assists, steals, blocks, field goal percentage, finals MVPs, regular season MVPs, PER title, like just anything. LeBron's better, like more game winners, like, like just, just everything across the board. You're going to, you're going to be like, dad, like, you know, like, you know, you're going to be like, dad, why don't you guys used to compare these two guys? I don't fucking know, son. Motherfuckers are crazy. Like people, like legit, it's really going to be like that. Like you're really just going to be like, I don't know. Like people are, people are stupid. Like this is why we can't have nice things. Exactly. You just can't, can't have great ball players in, in this, in this world. Um, yeah. Yes. So kind of getting into a little bit of this uh, OKC talk now. Um, I know you and I, we were excited. We, 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 you know, after the trades went down, we talked about this on a, on a show and we said, Hey, you know what? This is going to be great. It, it, we'll give them some time to figure it out. They'll definitely need to kind of build that chemistry. But boy, here we are almost before Christmas and, um, they need some help. Um, either that or, you know, it's funny. I saw an article today talking about moving Melo to the bench, uh, a guy like Melo going to the bench. And, um, you know, what's interesting about you mentioning earlier about, you know, the players after they leave OKC, uh, I caught, uh, something caught my eye off the ringer, uh, dot com. There was an article there and it, it, the, this, it was called the Westbrook effect. Do players really get better after leaving OKC? And, and you and I, we've always been advocates for Russell Westbrook. I, I bought the man's jersey this season. I said, man, this is my dude. He's the MVP. But now that reality is starting to set in, you know what, Demario? We kind of mentioned this earlier too in, in the show. You know, after the trade, we said, you know what? This is really a, a testament to see if, if it really is Rus- Russell Westbrook's fault or, or or his game, where he may not be that type of player to make anybody better. He's just going to be that one player where he's great. He's awesome. He has that motor, and it really isn't beneficial for making a team better. Um, do I think last year, you know, the Thunder would have been as great as they had, were and you made the playoffs without him? Absolutely not. And, you know, even if he changed his style, it might have not helped them get to the playoffs. He he had to be that great to, to get that team, you know, to the playoffs he even and, and still be as great as they were. Um, but, yeah, we, we talked about Oler Depot earlier in the show. Uh, Sabonis, you know, was traded to Indiana as well. He's having some career numbers, a very small sample size, though, this year. Um, but definitely having a, a better season. Um, you know, Enos Cantor was one of the guys traded out from OKC. Um, you have Dion Waiters, you know, Jeff Green, James Harden. These are some of the guys from way back in the day. Of course, KD's you know once in a lifetime player. Uh, but it continues. You know, I, I think that this is a true testament, and I think he struggled himself to really start to figure this out and. <laughs> I don't know, Demar. Do you think there's there's any kind of potential for Russell Westbrook to kind of step back and say, you know what, I, I kind of I got to change some things about my game, and or is that motor too strong for him? Here's the thing: OKC has no leadership. Like Paul George isn't a leader, Melo isn't a leader, and Russell Westbrook isn't a leader. Like they're not. They're just they don't have that DNA in them. They're just they're not leaders at all. It's you know, and it shows. You know, like. Thanks to my Hoops Reference homies who basically did my homework for me because he just posted a video. And I'll actually share the video with everybody who wants to see it about why this OKT, uh, why this OKC team is so shitty. Yeah, we'll put it, so, with, we'll put it with the show, um, the recording yeah. of the show, yeah. So right, now, so right now they're 29th 
out of 30 in passes made per game. They're also second in the league in isolation plays. The number one team in isolation plays is the Houston Rockets. But the thing with the Houston Rockets is that when they make a pass, they make a pass with purpose. Like nine out of ten times when James Harden goes by the defender because he fucking cooks everybody, and when Chris Paul goes by the defender, they're usually diming it to Capella or they're giving it to Gordon or Anderson or Ariza for an easy shot. You know, but the thing is, is that when OKC does this, they're making that awkward ass, long lobby, like over the court pass to Andre Roberson. You know, it's like, you know, like they just make, they just play bad basketball. Like, you know, they just have a terrible shooting percentage out of the 15 players in the league who are shooting 15 plus shots per game. Guess who have the three worst shooting percentages? Guess. They all play in OKC. Mello, Paul George, Westbrook. Mello right now is having a career low in points and assists. Mello's averaging 1.5 assists per game. Paul George is averaging, I, I mean, I'm sorry, Paul George is shooting 40.9% career low. Russell Westbrook is shooting 38.8% career low. Like, this just doesn't work. Like, you don't have not one player on this team out of the big three is willing to sacrifice. It's no coincidence that Indiana Pacers got better when they traded Paul George. It's no coincidence that the New York Knicks got better when they traded Carmelo Anthony. Hell, it's no coincidence that the Denver Nuggets got better when they traded Carmelo Anthony. Like, these are cancers. These are guys who 20 years from now, uh, you know, you're going to be like, look, son or daughter, don't be like this guy. Don't be like the guy who here's the deal. The difference between Dwayne Wade and Carmelo is what Dwayne Wade removed his ego and said, hey, let me go to the bench. And since then, the Cavaliers have been flourishing because he's killing in that second unit. Killing what I think OKC needs to do is they need to trade uh, Paul George. Because if they don't trade Paul George at the end of the season, he's not going to re-up on that player option. And you're basically going to lose Paul George, Sabonis, and Depot. Yep. And so you got to try to trade him. Yep. You got to try to trade him. You got to like, that's, that's, I mean, I mean, in my opinion, you know, he wants to go to the Lakers. And if I'm the Lakers, it would be stupid to trade some of the youngsters. But I'm trying to work a trade with the Lakers. I'm trying to work a trade with Cleveland. Or I'm trying to work a trade with... Uh, the Pelicans or, or or somebody because right now it just isn't working and it won't work. This team is complete trash, like trash. I've I've seen games to where the three of them collectively are like twelve for sixty two shooting. It is, it's, like what the it's like, disgusting, it's man. It's it really is hard to watch. And, you know, it's you, bad. And, and some and sometimes you know the shot. And sometimes like hey, I I don't really some of the shot selection. It, it really seems. It seems okay, right? It's a wide open shot, and it's like, all right, Russ. You know he's gonna drive to the hoop. You know he's gonna draw on a couple of defenders. It's a simple kick and dish out. Here's Mello, and it's like the fourth quarter late. They definitely need this three to go in, and sometimes it's it's a fifty fifty, right? They get it, it goes in, great. You know they win, they pull out a scrappy, you know two three point win on the road against like an Indiana team. Um, the, the game against Philly, man. You know that was another one where they just lucked out and won that game. And I, you know, like so, some of them were saying, uh, and I think it was Paul George who mentioned, he said, you know, we're, we're pretty much used to having, and maybe it was Mello, we were used to having the ball in our hand and, you know, and, and just pulling up in defenders' faces. I mean, that, that's that he said his exact quotes, but I mean, 
golly, you're wide open at sometimes. And absolutely, like that video explained to Mario is <laughs> these three are the worst shooting players in the league right now. It's terrible. Like they're well, here's the deal. Melo has always been a black hole of a shooter. Like Melo's the guy that Melo's content with going seven for 30. He's like, but I'll score 30. But I'll score 30. You know, like that's that's just what it is. Like that's just, I mean, you know, and Westbrook is the same thing. Westbrook, you know, uh, seven for 35, but he had a triple-double. <laughs> and the sucky thing that from all of this is that my boy Steven Adams is balling. Paul George is playing great defense. Andre Roberson is playing great defense. It's their offense that's trash. Their defense is fine, which is surprising. Their offense is so bad. Their offense reminds you of a LA Fitness or YMCA pickup, like pickup game, when it's like just you got like three former high school college has-beens, such as myself, <laughs> who are all out there trying to show off. And like none of them can really shoot. None of them can really do this or do that. And it's just isolation ball. And everybody's out there trying to get busy, trying to, you know, trying to impress their girlfriend, trying to get some, you know, a dope dunk or a dope shot for the grand. <laughs> right. That's exactly what they're like. These don't look like professionals. Like when I watch like LeBron go 12 for 16 shooting with 35 points, nine rebounds. Like when I watch, like those are like, that's a professional. That's a motherfucker who has perfected his craft. When I watch Melo and them, I'm like, this is a dude in the NBA. People are like, Hoodie Mello. Hoodie Mello only works against YMCA bums. Hoodie <laughs> Mello doesn't work in the NBA. Hoodie Mello doesn't work in the NBA. Like, that just doesn't work. Mello got to go to the bench. Or, I mean, if not, I'm at the point now where I'm like, I don't think this team can make the playoffs. I mean, they're in the playoffs right now, as, as we speak. They're right now, they're, they're, they're hanging on there. You know, in the Western Conference, um, you know, right behind Denver at 15 and 15. Um, it, New Orleans is in the playoffs, so I think worst case scenario we're looking at you know a bottom seed there, uh, unless uh Utah or one of the LA teams make a surge. I think they have enough talent to to, to be in the playoffs, but you know come playoff or sorry it's trade deadline time, it's one of them's got to got to be out. You know, and obviously Russ isn't going he's going to be the guy in OKC, but beyond that, I think I think you're right. You know, Paul George will probably be the one to be most likely moved. Um. This team is looking rough. It definitely is you know looking what I rough. Love? It's disappointing. I, I, I would love for them to be a number eight seed, and I would love Golden State Warriors to be number one just because. Just because. And I would love for OKC to kick them out just because. <laughs> like, just because. Like, I mean, I would love it. I'm not against it uh, at all, sir. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. <laughs> if OK, here's the thing. If you move Melo to the bench, and if these guys just remove their ego, and if they just start playing, basketball they could be a good team they can't I, I, I believe so i don't think that they like i'm not gonna say i don't think they care about winning but i don't think they care about winning you you could tell when the cleveland cavaliers started off bad you could tell it was killing Dwayne wade he's like hey move me to the bench i don't want to like i don't want the fuck i didn't come here to lose exactly i came here to win and i don't think that mellow cares to do that i don't i honestly don't think that he cares enough about winning to do that yeah i i said that too i i just feel like he he you moving him to the bench it okay it could benefit but at the same time i don't see it happening and then it seemed like they leave paul george out there for that second unit for the most part um you know he's a little bit more of, a, of the, the score there that can get his own shot uh, pull up over defenders so some of those guys that are out there you know aren't aren't as the, the, the greatest offensive players but 
No, absolutely. This team definitely needs a reality check. And, uh, you know, they're at 500 now, so they're back up to 500. Um, they did go ahead and, and beat the Golden State Warriors, but, you know, how much of a moral victory that was. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, looking at the, at the Western Conference standing here tomorrow, I, I really think that they're probably going to be no, no more than a 50, if anything. If this continues, I'm probably no more than a six seed. But I think that if they have they have enough talent to at least get up to the fifth seed, um, at that point you're probably balancing between playing Denver, Portland for a, a first round, you know, uh, matchup there, which they could probably get get by. But I, I think it still kind of starts w- with Westbrook a little bit too, because he he demands so much attention with the ball. And you're right, some of those passes are just just horrendous. Terrible. Like why? terrible even I you, know, love, you and i know i love russell Westbrook. he's one of the guys that that i protect all the time on twitter and i'm at the point now to where i'm like bruh i can't defend you anymore <laughs> like these passes are trash and then and then like you know russell Westbrook, his uh you know all his defenders are like but he had a triple double i'm like bruh like come on man this dude shot 25 percent at eight turnovers, but you're talking about this triple-double and a loss? Like, come on, man. You got to get real, <laughs> you know? Exactly, exactly. All right, we'll go ahead and end the show. And I'll start with one number, Demario, and that's 15, a.k.a. Woo! year 15. This is where we let Demario flourish in our podcast. And also, shout-out to the king. By the way, those... uh. 15s, LeBron 15s, man. Those things are off the yeah. chain. I'm never Bro, a fan of LeBron like shoes, but those are dope. I like, I like when you put them on, there's a part that's right at the bottom of the foot. It's like a suction. Yeah. Right on your foot. And it just, I mean, I feel like LeBron when I wear them, actually. <laughs> I, I, that's the way it's supposed yeah. to be. You're Here's supposed the thing, to feel bro. like the guy. Like, year 15, right? This is like supposed to be his fall off. It's supposed to be like the year to where you're like, all right, like you're old. for years, for years, people were like, I can't wait until LeBron is out of his prime until when, you know, he has to shoot, you know, three pointers. He's shooting a career high in three pointers at 41%. 41%. What if I, what if I told you that LeBron was shooting a better three point percentage than like, let's say Steph Curry. Like, here's the thing. LeBron is starting to become better at certain things that people do than the actual specialists, so to speak, you know? Like, like, you know, I mean, like, could you imagine if, like, Steph Curry had more chase-down blocks than LeBron or more, like, you know, like, you know, something like that? It's, like, crazy, right? LeBron has a career high right now in field goal percentage, three-point percentage, uh, and assists and blocks. He's currently second right now in defensive rebounds, total rebounds, third in career high for the points. Leads the league in PER. I mean, this is all from like year 15. And I think that a lot of this has to do with his training. Like, this is a guy who has been dedicated to training, to getting better, like every single offseason. Like, remember when people were like, oh, LeBron didn't have a jumper the next season he came back. LeBron doesn't have a post game. He worked with Akeem Olajuwon. LeBron isn't a good wing defender. He worked with Akeem Olajuwon, came back second in defense, second in all league. Oh, I'm sorry, uh, second. I'm a defensive. I'm a the year 
I like, you know, voting. By the way, he got robbed that year. Fucking Marcus Gasol won and was on the second team. LeBron was on the first. Don't get me started on that. So I just feel like that right now what we're seeing is we're seeing the soon-to-be greatest basketball player of all time, like who's still in his prime, who's still peaking. But at the same time, he's starting to kind of get away from that bullish basketball, and he's starting to become more of a finesse player. Like last night, the game against, uh, like, like, you know, the Bucks, it was like he's pulling up from three, like, you know, doing step backs from 27. Insane. Feet. That was incredible. Like, incredible. Like just, I mean, I, you know, you're watching a guy who you're like, this is crazy. And you know, five right. years ago, uh, I'm sorry to cut you up, but five years ago, I mean, we were, we were over here like, all right, just play off LeBron. He, there's no way he's going to pull up from there. He knows he can't make that shot. And, and yeah. there's no way, you know, we're going to guard. We're going to force this guy to sh- pull up and shoot that. But now it's like, God, like, what do I do? You know? Um, it's crazy. It, 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 the evolution of his game. And I think what's he's definitely a blessed person in, in terms of his athleticism, uh, his body. Uh, but, he, you know, it's like, why can't every, you know, athlete or I guess ball player kind of have the same concepts? Like, look, I'm blessed with my God-given ability. Let me go ahead and try to perfect every inch of it. And LeBron's like that role model. That you know, like I guess you could say in a sense, that goat, that god that says, Look, follow me. <laughs> I mean, just being a little silly, but at the same time, it's like, why can't people just realize like you put you put your mind to it, you put the work in, it can it can be done. I mean, that's kind of like just the morale of like the evolution of his career looking at it. And look, I I'll I'll that. tell I'll tell everybody here, just you know, Demar, you you'll know it best. I I wasn't even Le- the biggest LeBron fan. I hated the guy, you know, the first probably what's a not even eight years. I want to say six years of his career, and here we are today. Yep. <laughs> Facts. Well, I mean, I think that I think that where LeBron is at, he's in a position where no other player has ever been here. He's in that conversation with Jordan, Kareem, and Wilt. Like Kobe was never in it. You let Laker fans tell that like, Kobe never shot over forty six percent for a season. Kobe, like what? Kobe, he's. I mean, he's never been in this conversation. You let Laker fans tell it. He's the greatest thing since sliced bread. He's not. But LeBron's in a conversation. He's in that Mount Rushmore conversation. He's in a conversation with Jordan, Wilt, and Kareem. He knows he's in that conversation. So it's levels right now. Like, it's different. It's, it's, I mean, it's right now, man. I mean, right now, without looking, he's, I think he's second in all time in career playoff points, and he's number one in everything else across the board. Like, number one number. Like, remember the stat that went around last year? Like, he's already, I mean, he's going to, I mean, he's just killing it. Just and, passed Bird for uh, all uh, on the triple double list. Oh, he did. Look at this. Just you know, just <laughs> killing it. Uh, I mean, just dominating. And I mean, I mean, not even like a stand. Just I'm just a a fan of his game, the way he's doing it. Think about this. He's been relevant since he was 15 years old. He doesn't have multiple baby mothers. He doesn't have a gambling addiction. He didn't get his father killed. No infidelity. He spent over $250 million, $250 million on charitable funds, putting children through school, speaking out on injustices. He's not like Michael Jordan. He's not like Kobe. He's actually speaking out. You know why? Because he is the brand. Nike controlled Jordan and Kobe. He controls Nike. It's levels to this. Levels. The scary thing about LeBron is that the NBA won't even be what he's the greatest thing at. He's going to be a greater human, like the human factor with LeBron. You know, the human factor is key. Like the things that he's doing around the globe is like big time, 
big, big time. And I think that's where people are scared about is that LeBron is much bigger than, you know, bigger for than years. Ball. Yeah, he's bigger than basketball. Yeah, you know, he's bigger than that. I think Michael spoke out on injustices one time. Michael is the king of Chicago. Never once spoke out on nothing. Chicago's a fucking war zone. Legit a war zone. And Michael's never, Michael's spoken, I think, one time. That was last year. The first time in like 30 years of being an NBA god, and Michael finally spoke out. Finally, like 30 years. Like, it's crazy. Crazy to think. That's because he cares about dead presidents more than he cares about his own people. LeBron's different, though. And that's what, for me, that's what separates him just as a person away from most other superstars is that a lot of other people are afraid to risk their brand and their name, but he isn't. But that's dope. Yeah, yeah, I definitely appreciate LeBron outside of basketball. And uh, you know, even if you love or hate the guy, I think that a lot of people should. I mean, and the thing is, he'll take criticism. He wore the equality shoes, the black and white equality shoes the other day, right? And, you know, a lot of people were like, yeah, you know, LeBron, um, you know, criticizing for this or that. Um, obviously, he kind of alluded to uh, speaking, you know, against the, the president. But I mean, you know, at, at the same time, when it comes down to his abilities and his platform, um, he's taking full advantage of it. And uh, I think mm-hmm. a lot of us would do it, you know, and sitting back looking at what he does uh, for the game, for the, the global impact he makes, uh, you know, as well. Uh, and just shouting him out in regards to some, getting back to some of the numbers here. I mean, just from last year, we're like, yo, LeBron's going to put up a career high in assists. I know it's a small sample size. We're 30, 32 games in, but he's averaging 9.3 assists, almost an assist more than last year. Um, you know, obviously, at the end of the season, it can level out, but, uh, you know, his three-point shooting is career high at this point. Um, I don't know. <laughs> we keep saying the same thing every year. DeMario is, it just keeps getting better and better, better and better. But for a guy at year 15, age he's going on age 33 man like i i myself am impressed i'm impressed color me impressed because there's how many 33 year olds this great this great right now and And looking back in history and and like you know what's scary is that he's doing it and he's not playing that many minutes and he's so efficient like look at the like i'm looking at the i'm looking at his field goal percentage against atlanta he shot 11 out of 13 for 25 Against the Lakers, he was uh, 8 out of 18 for 44%. He had a Kobe-like game. For Utah, he was 9 out of 15, 60%. You know, for Washington, he had a fucking Lonzo Ball-like game. He was 8 out of 23. He was fucking terrible. And then last night against the Bucks, he was 14 out of 22, 63. Like, these are things, like, where I always ask, like, fans and stuff. I'm like, who have you seen in year 15? over a five-game span that's averaging 27, Absolutely. 12 or six, eight rebounds, 55%, 38% shooting three. These are the, these are things that are – and it's not like he's not taking these three. Like last night he was six out of 11 for three, 54%. You know, his free throw percentage has increased. Uh, you know, I mean, just blocks, his defense. A lot of the stuff is just like, you know, he just keeps getting better. He's like that good old Napa wine. <laughs> just, would you, you, know, would you say that uh, it's the best LeBron we've seen offensively? Um, I think that year two or year three in Miami and that 08, 09 season. Mm-hmm. But I think that, I think that this year is his most efficient year as far as he's doing it and he's not playing that many minutes. 
you know, like I believe it was the oh eight oh nine season is when he was just like on fucking like fire, but he was playing. Uh, I'm sorry, the 2010 season, 2009, 2010, but he's playing like 39, 40 minutes a game. And this year he's doing it in like 37 minutes. And a lot of people are like, oh, that's like just two, three minutes. That's a lot. Like that two or three minutes is a lot with these possessions. You know, you're going right. up, you're going down. So that's like the scary thing is that it just seems like he just keeps on getting like, you know, better and better and better and more efficient, more efficient. Like this year he's shooting 57% from the field. 57%. That's nuts. Like, that's crazy considering his first year league and I mean his first season he shot 41%. Could you imagine that? He went from 41% to 50. So that's just he's just he's the definition of efficient. Insane. And then shout out to our boy Nick Wright. He even compared the four MVP seasons to this year and LeBron's LeBron's better. LeBron's better this year than his four MVP seasons. Yeah. Like, like he's what's crazy is that I remember talking to Gabe and I was like, damn, when he left Miami, I was like, yeah. He gave he gave Miami his best four seasons, and then if you look at his his last four seasons with the like with the Cavs, you're like, damn, he's right there. Like that's what's scary. Like he's literally had like three different primes. He I remember when he left Cleveland, and people were saying, well, he's never going to be good as the previous three because his his previous three seasons in Cleveland, he went the fuck off. He has averaged thirty points, twenty eight points, thirty points. Then he goes to Miami. 26, 27, 26, 27. You know, what was that? Like three MVPs, four MVPs. And then he comes back to Cleveland and you're like, God damn, he's still like, he's had three different primes. And it's crazy. Even even that year, he came back to Cleveland. He sat out about a couple games. You know, there was some back issues. It was like, hey, LeBron's getting old, man. The Cavs might compete for a championship one or two years. The man comes then, back yeah. and takes them to the finals, comes down for 3-1. It's crazy. It's like nuts. And this is the thing is that like a lot of fans won't, you know, appreciate it. Like a lot of fans will be like, oh, but you know, the decision. <laughs> like, like, you know, like now, like, like, I mean, like, kind of like, I mean, he's playing, he's positioning himself in that Mount Rushmore right now. You know, that's, you know, that's where he's at. I mean, I, I mean, I'd argue that he's number two behind Mike, but I wouldn't be upset if somebody was like, oh, Will or Kareem. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. As long as you don't disrespect him and be like, he's not better than Kobe. Says who? Name one thing that Kobe's better at than LeBron. <laughs> Name one. You can't. Name one thing that Magic John. You can't. Magic never played defense. He he's already moved, removed from that conversation. Larry Bird made one All Defensive Team in his entire career. That's a you know, but you know how fans are. Absolutely. Well, uh, Demar, it's been great to be back here on the airwaves and um, wrapping up another show here. We got the Christmas Day games coming up. Uh, Steph Curry will not play in that showdown of the finals rematch. Um, but at least we get to see KD versus LeBron. Um, OKC is playing uh, the hot Houston Rockets, man. So shout out to the Rockets. And uh, we'll see how that one goes down there on Christmas night. Um, beyond that, any shout outs to uh, finish up this episode, sir? Um, shout out to Dwight Howard. Uh, he has turned the clock back. He has balled so hard. I'm so happy for him. I know you're a big, 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 big Dwight guy. And I just feel like he's finally at peace with himself. 
And he's just been balling out of control this season. He just seems like, I don't know, he seems happier. Like, I don't know him personally, but I know playing on, like, what, four or five different teams in the last couple of years has been, like, very hard on him. He's, like, a very happy-go-lucky, like, guy. But Dwight Howard's been balling. I mean, I don't know. I feel like he's on the ESPN top 10 every single night. He's, like, crossing over people. He's dunking on people. He just seems extremely happy. And I'm happy that he's happy because people don't understand. Prime Dwight was a fucking animal. Like, Prime Dwight was an animal. Like, I mean, he looked like he was going to be a top 10 center of all time. Like, like back-to-back-to-back defensive player of the year. He led Orlando to the championship. And then a lot of ego got in the way. But I'm just happy, uh, you know, that my boy Dwight is finally getting back to, you know, playing ball. Uh, He seems to be extremely happy. Uh, He's kind of reinvented himself this year and kind of got back to, you know, playing ball. And, yeah, shout-out to Dwight. Yeah, absolutely. And I think uh, some of that uh, influence with Steve Clifford, you know, from Orlando and kind of knowing Dwight and his game as well kind of helps. So, yeah, I I agree with the the piece. I think I see that a lot of, you know, that smile is kind of back there, you know, instead of the frustration of of the last couple years in Atlanta. Um, You know, not really having much success there. And then, you know, Charlotte there. Kind of hanging out in the East, eleven and nine. I'm uh, sorry, eleven and nineteen. I'm sorry. Um, I just want to shout out everybody listening, man. Shout out to the crew. Shout out to everybody out there supporting us. And twenty eighteen is coming up. I uh, will try to hit you with a little bit more episodes, so probably before New Year's and um, quick Christmas Day recap. And uh, any last minute words there, tomorrow? Yeah, yeah. Just uh, Merry Christmas. It's been a wild year for a lot of people. Of course. Uh, shout out to everybody who's listening family friends uh you know it's been a crazy year for a lot of us i always say like don't stop believing you know always stay positive always stay base and you know music is all we need (laughs) it's all we need need for us to uh survive and have uh happiness and more life always drop the kanye west drop that album next year we need it yes we do (laughs) all right y'all be easy